Welcome to Around Our Schools, a monthly program on KMUN that informs about educational and career training programs in our area. I am Sarah Meyer. Margaret Frimuth is the tech that makes our conversations happen. Today we continue to learn more about the Warrington Schools. We are sitting in the new Warrington Middle School. It opened in September 2021 and sits on 58 acres, purchased through the successful $38 million bond passed in 2018. What an amazing planning, building, and opening accomplishment during the public shutdowns due to the pandemic. And I am grateful that most of us have survived that virus invasion. We've so much to cover today as we interview middle school principal Joshua Johnish and Warrenton High School principal Rod Hyen. So let's get started. Joshua Johnitz, or Mr. J as you are called, Will you share your educational and personal journey to becoming the principal at this middle school? Uh, sure, it, it uh, actually starts back on uh, in the prairie of Montana. A little, I grew up in a small little town uh, called Depuyer, Montana. Uh, Two-room schoolhouse. Uh, we had the big room and the small room, and, and that's really where um, education started for me. Uh, and and. As I transitioned to college, I uh, really was thinking about getting into coaching or athletic training, uh, enrolled at Montana State University, and uh, went into the athletic training program. They uh, cut the program by December, so I was uh, talked to my advisor and they said, well, most of my people are going right into PE teaching. So that's what I started my career uh, is PE teaching a degree and it, it morphed into science and so um, at the end I, I ended up transferring to University of Montana uh, and in 2003 I was fortunate enough to get a job here in Warrington and I've been here since and so I got into um, I, I taught at Warrington High School from 2003 till 2020 I think and when I came over here to the middle school so um, I had a variety of different jobs from PE to science to a lot of coaching jobs to um, then I got into some the, the STEM and CTE side of, of education as well. Um, five or six, seven years ago, I got into assistant principal at the high school as well. Um, and then um, through some reshuffling and, and just kind of reorganization of our district as we started this brand new middle school, um, I was able to take the opportunity to come over here to the middle school as, as principal. So um, it was kind of a roundabout, long, different path in different ways. But I've been here um, since 2003 and, and really have enjoyed my time here on the North Coast. So you've really grown with school and education through Warrington. Yeah, it's I've, been your first and only teaching? Yes, yeah, first and only. I got out of college. My dad was very uh, keen on me getting a job uh, before I even got out of college, and and uh, so I, I actually took the opportunity to apply in uh, a couple schools in Montana, a couple a school in southern uh, Idaho, northern California, uh, and here on the north coast. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get all of the offers and decided on the north coast and. Uh, of Oregon here. I, I had been out for to Portland a couple times for to watch some football games and thought living on the ocean might be fun. So I started on the North Coast um, and we're gonna was gonna work my way down to see what kind of jobs were available and luckily enough I was able to, Aren't we lucky? to get that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
So Rod Hyen, will you tell us about your journey to becoming principal at Warrington High School? Well, I have a similar path. I was a small school kid growing up in the Midwest and uh, went to a, a small school, uh, uh, University of Nebraska at Kearney, uh, known for their teacher's college. And, and uh, so I thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, my first job was in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. So I uh, had to get a little ways away from my folks, I guess, at that time. So I kind of flew the coop. Um, there was a gentleman I taught next door to for years there. His name was Doug Calvert. He married a gal that was from up here, and he ended up moving up here. And Mr. Calvert would call me about once every six weeks and invite me to come up and join him. And uh, one day I did. And uh, at that time, my kids were three and one. And so I've been here ever since, and it's been a fantastic journey and a, and a great place for my kids to go to school. That's exquisite I, that, that you would be here and have the satisfaction of being within a school system and grow with that system. Well, I've, I've been very fortunate. You know, I had Mr. Johnish. Uh, he was a first-year guy when I started here uh, 18 years ago, and, and we've kind of grown together and kind of grown the school together. When he said he transitioned to the assistant principal, he was the assistant principal that uh, really um, uh, uh, a big part of what we are today is due to Mr. Johnish's work in CTE. We would sit and have lunch together and say, how can we generate money outside of the state school fund to uh, improve our programs? And uh, Mr. Johnish became a grant writer, and I don't know to date if you've tallied up, but I bet you've brought in at least $750,000 to the school district. And for a small school, that's a huge, huge impact, as, as you'll later hear in the conversation. Wow. So, Mr. J, tell us about this new school and why it's the first of three planned school campuses here. Yeah, so this, uh, this new school um, was the, the first big purchase uh, with, was obviously purchasing the 58 acres, um, bringing in infrastructure. So there was going to be a good chunk of the initial bond work that was going to be kind of laying the groundwork for the rest of the, the campuses to make their way up here. So uh, with the middle school being the smallest footprint and um, probably the cheapest of the three buildings to build, um, that's why they went with the middle school first. Um, and I think the, the plan is moving forward to probably go with the high school, I think, next um, with some of the sports fields as well and, and the, the grade school after that. But um, the building is, is amazing. It's, um, as you walk up into the inside, it's, it's so open and uh, the natural light, the, the setting, um, it's, a, it's a very high-tech building, and, uh, which comes with some challenges, but also um, some, some unique uh, uh, positives you know, for us as well. So we're able to um, start the school, develop brand new systems. Um, it was very nice to be able to kind of uh, model it after a high school type of schedule. Uh, and so we, we're not trying to navigate around a K-8 building when you have younger kids that are in certain spots in the middle school trying to navigate. And so um, we're able to kind of ind more independently uh, make it a high school feel, preparing them for the high school. Um, so, but the, the area itself is, is beautiful. You know, having the 58 acres right now is, it, it just provides us some opportunities to expand our classrooms, the science classroom now can go outside very easily and, and, and use that space. It's very quiet up here, it's very nice. Um, I, I know that they're building some houses up here close, so it may not be quiet for very long, but 
Uh, right now, it's, it's a very serene atmosphere up here. When you're driving up in, uh, for work in the morning with the sunrises and the elk, uh, I saw a coyote out here the other day. Uh, so it, it is very serene uh, coming up here. So you're very close, well, you're not really close off Dauphin Road. It's about an eighth of a mile drive-in to get to the middle school. But once you walk in, I'm seeing an incredibly open space for a cafeteria. And right around the corner, you've got an open space for a library and media area. And it is very welcoming. Nice school to be in. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice feel. Um, a lot of the, the parents that walk in um, talk about how it, it feels like a college. It feels like a, a, a college building walking in with the, you know, the, um, the library media center, um, the, the cafeteria, which have turned into excellent, flexible classroom areas as well. So we're expanding some of the projects. You know, now they're able to go into the library and work on their projects. And uh, all of the furniture is movable, so it's very flexible and, and uh, that make the space whatever teachers feel like they need. So um, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a very welcoming, open uh, atmosphere here at Warrington Middle School. And it's open if people want to come in and, and actually take a look at it. They're welcome to do that? Sure. They check in at the office? Yeah, they check in at the office. Um, it, our, our school day right now is running 8.30 to 3.30. So it's probably, you probably have a better chance of doing it after 3.30. Uh, stopping by, but um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to show people around. Thank you. So, Mr. Hyen, the high school also has a new auto tech building and upgrades to your world-class fisheries program. Can you tell us about them? Yes, we um, were fortunate enough to get a uh, the revitalization grant that Mr. Johnish uh, was able to uh, get for us, and um, some of the bond money we were able to build a. Uh, 1.1 million dollar facility for um, uh, STEM and autos and welding. Um, that was finished and we had a ribbon cutting ceremony in January of 2020 and you guys all know what happened three months later. It kind of shut us down and um, it was very sad. COVID had kind of set us back but uh, we are back in the saddle right now and we have classes that are full and um, sought after in welding and autos. We have a nice program to roll kids through and we're hoping to build um, partnerships toward internships and automotives here in the local community as we move forward. Um, the facility is, uh, I don't know, 60 by 120. We put the biggest building I could fit on the footprint without mitigating wetlands. And um, we uh, put in two classrooms to ease some space issues and that has been very uh, helpful for the high school. But we have now four vibrant CTE programs of study. We have welding and autos. We have uh, graphic design. We have the fisheries program um, as well. And I should say welding and autos is maybe two separate programs, but welding, autos, fisheries, and our graphic design program, uh, which are very, very vibrant. And um, uh, our goal here is uh, within the next three years that four out of five of our graduating seniors will have a completed a pathway or completed three credits in one of those areas be, upon graduation and that's a kid that is interested in going to college and one that's not interested in going to college. I want all kids to be served in that fashion. So they would be able, a, kid, a student would be able to potentially work in a trained procession if they wanted to go on to a community college or four-year degree. So 
So they've got both experiences. They've got good book learning and they've got good work training. We are currently working, I'm working with uh, uh, the college, with Mary Jackson. So our welding program, the kids can earn college credits during their experience and time at Warrenton uh, in both welding and autos. Um, we are also uh, hopeful that we can put kids to work in internship types of positions over the summer so that not only are they, can they transition into the college programs or training, but maybe uh, one of the dealerships can hire one of our kids and, and train them as they go. And uh, any kid that wants to go directly into the workforce, uh, they have that option. With the other programs, uh, we'd like to do the same things. We get our kids out uh, for the hatchery, for example. We sent buses out to the local hatchery to uh, harvest uh, salmon eggs. And so we'll be running that for the next three weeks, I think it is. And, and so our kids get hands-on experience through those programs. In our CTE program for graphic design, we're redoing the media center and making that an extension of that classroom and of that world where we're doing uh, uh, video design. Uh, we have a lab set up in the library that has uh, six new resin printers. In the uh, autos program, we got a brand new state-of-the-art plasma cutter for our STEM class that feeds into the fisheries program of study. We have a brand new laser cutter that works uh, on a rotation like a lathe would and so um, uh, real excited to have the, the state-of-the-art equipment in those programs so our kids are being trained on those types of, of uh, tools. Wow, so students get a career training but they don't leave behind the hard book learning that we're K through 12 emphasis. So I, I can have a student, and I do have several students that are bound for four-year schools that will complete a program of study, a study, right? So that means they have three credits in our hatchery track in some fashion, or three credits in the autos and welding track, but still are planning on going to OSU and be engineers or uh, whatever else. And so I have those students that are served, but I also am serving the student that says, you know what? College isn't for me. I'm not the book learning guy. I don't need the philosophy class. I want to work on cars. I've got that. With the infrastructure stuff coming up uh, on the bridges, welders are going to be in high demand. If you can weld, you can work. And so I, I want to give our kids a chance to be competitive in those fields. You're right. That is really important. Anything at the middle school that prepares your CTE kids to move up into the high school programs? Yeah, so that's, that's like your next progression, I guess, as we started to develop the high school programs. So here at the middle school, um, we've really tried to um, give experiences to those kids uh, for our programs of study. So um, for example, um, we are piloting an ODE um, it's called a U-Science, and so it's kind of a career, your, your typical career exploration, you know, it matches career interests with aptitudes, and so it's just kind of a unique program that um, really gets the kids thinking about things that they want to do or think they want to do versus what they are, their skills are, and kind of intertwines that, and we're able to kind of show where our programs of study matches some of those um, that within the weave, I guess. And so um, that's kind of our first step. The second step is hopefully um, getting some um, real world hands-on experience with those programs of studies. For example, we have, so for our graphic design, we're using a ton of 
um, online programs to do some with our yearbook. Uh, we have a yearbook that they're doing some Photoshop and they're doing some, so some of those same skills. Um, we're tying that in verbalizing it and saying, hey, this is a class in high school that you can take. So giving them kind of that introduction, whether it's a quarter or a semester. Um, we have a podcasting class, and so some of those podcasting um, applications that we can use for, for into the high school uh, as well. Um, we just had a new class called How Things Work. So kids uh, now have a opportunity to get hands-on learning with tools, um, shop safety, which is going to tie directly in with some of our welding and autos. Um, a, a kind of a pie in the sky, um, they have virtual welders. I would like to, to add that in um, to the middle school, so it's kind of a low um, safety risk, uh, but a, a way to get kids involved with some of the welding programs um, and get them some experience moving into to the high school. Um, and then kind of one of our, I guess, flagship ideas was the STEM program, bringing STEM into all classes. STEM or STEAM or STREAM, or there's a lot of acronyms, but um, I like to stick with the STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, we have a, a STEAM class, and you add the A, which is arts, um, and the artistic side of things. So uh, the, the STEAM class really is that hands-on class that um, provides that project-based learning or uh, integrated learning, and so um, the high school has a STEM program, and so here we do the underwater robots and we do the laser cutting and we do the 3D printing and designing and we do the coding and we do the, uh, those types of, um, you know, the building of signs, building of um, vinyl stickers, um, all of those uh, real skills that translate into high school, um, that provides them an introductory activity in terms of looking at uh, that into high school. So is that STEM class for 20 kids, or is it multi-classes during the day, or is it multi-grades? Yeah, so we have uh, four periods of that. Um, I keep it around 20 kids. Um, it's a pretty popular class, as you can imagine. Um, but that is a class that, that uh, we have multiple different levels. This year we added kind of a, a level two, which we call robotics. And so they do some more of the, um, we have these little ozo robots that looks like a little ball that they can program and roll it around um, into some Lego robotics into some, you know, so we have a variety of different applications that we do um, with the advanced kids. So just real quick, so do those kids then potentially work with the Columbia Maritime Museum when they do their robotics, that kind of stuff during the spring and summer? Yeah, so um, we work kind of in parallel with them on the robotics. They, they, they do some of those underwater robotics and that's, what, that's the program that we kind of run. Um, we do work with them in that class with uh, mini boats. And so we do have, actually it's a very exciting time because one of our mini boats is on the way back from Japan here. If everything goes right, we're about a month out and it's gonna actually make the full Pacific path. Well, we have another one um, that's going from this side of the Pacific Ocean towards Japan. Our teacher, Mrs. Lent, was very excited because she thought it was going to crash on Hawaii and she thought she was going to get a trip to Hawaii to rescue it. Um, it did miss Hawaii and it did miss the atoll, one of the atolls. She was, again, pretty sad about that. Um, however, it's going to be, um, in the next very short time, going to be crossing the International Dateline, which is kind of an exciting time. So, um, so we have two boats that are kind of passing 
by each other at night, one north of Hawaii, one south of Hawaii. Um, but it's pretty extraordinary. You can, you can, there's a tracker that you can see where the boats are located. The kids, it's student-driven. Um, they build it, they, they epoxy it, they uh, build the mast, they have the theme. They, I mean, it's completely student-driven. It's a, a solar um, geo-tracker that pings a satellite every five minutes. Um, it tells us how fast it's going, where it's going, where it's located. Um, pretty outstanding. And that was, that was done with Nate Sandell at the Columbia Maritime Museum. Um, who's since taken an, another job on the East Coast, but he's zooming in with our kids as it's, you know, hitting these marks. And so it's incredible, exciting. Yeah, so it's the, it's it is an exciting time, and there's lots lots going on uh, at the in the district. Exciting things that does say that. So, Mr. Hyren, can you give us your impressions of the high school school year going? Oh, we've had a great start to the school year. Kids are excited to be back. Uh, we are uh, rolling and uh, um, our athletic teams have had a good start to the year. Um, our classes are full, the building's full. Um, How many students does that mean? Uh, we started the year I think at 285 and I think we are right around that now, 281, 282. So we haven't had, uh, you know, the give and take of no-show students and students that are here, we're at, we're at a solid 280 right now. Uh, in person, I believe. Are you finding attendance is good as far as regular attendance? It's been overall the kids want to be in school. The kids that are there really want to be in school and, and we're providing a, a spot for them and um, I think it's important as we transition out of COVID that our, our kids have had some time where they've almost had solitary confinement and we're dealing with some of the, the issues around that as well. Uh, but uh, having them in place, and, and uh, I am truly blessed with an extraordinary staff. My high school staff is top-notch. They are on it. They uh, um, really love the kids and uh, look out for them. So that layer of support and that net of support has been phenomenal starting the school year. So, Can you talk about the wraparound services that you're supplying and why we need to do that? Well, you know, um, I'd like to give a shout-out to the county because we live in a great place. One of the reasons uh, that I'm still here is I know that I can get something if I need it. If I need shoes, I know who to call and I can have shoes that day. If I need a coat, I know who to call. But I, we have the Assistance League here locally and they take care of us. Um, we have um, uh, people in the community that will call me and say, hey, for this type of situation, just call me. You got a kid that needs a bike, call me, you know. And uh, those kinds of things um, are truly extraordinary for having, as far as wraparound services. It extends into food, you know, uh, food insecurities. Uh, our staff is very aware of, of uh, who's in need, and we try to make sure that we have um, options for them, especially on the weekends for high school kids. So the options, do you have prepared weekend meals that go out? No, not so much for high school. High school kids don't want to carry that backpack home. So uh, we do a different, little bit different. We, uh, we've had more success with vouchers. Working in concert with the local grocery store um, has, been, uh, has worked and seemed to have worked a lot better. It's a lot easier for me not to have a stigma from some of my high school kids. They just won't, won't take it. And you know they're hungry. So uh, we've, we've switched up a little bit there and, uh, and we it's utilize that. Great response. Uh, it's just really special. How about the wraparound weekends and counseling services at the middle school? Is there any extra staff needed or any 
services that you're finding? Yeah, and, and very similar. We, we're very fortunate, similar, you know, folks that come to us where, with any sort of, you know, needs. Assistance League has been such a critical partner for us. They, they clothe kids, they feed kids, they provide sports fees for kids, they provide, you know, so they are an, a an ex huge resource for the county, uh, not only us, but, but everybody else. Um, we have uh, something that we started last year called the Warrior Closet, which um, we, we have clothes and, and toiletries and just anything that kids may need. Um, we have that here set up. Nike sends us a lot of um, things that they have extra. It's very useful. And this year we have a, a full-time counselor um, for the first time in a, in a while. I know we had, for years, we didn't have maybe one counselor for the whole district or a part-time counselor for the whole district. And so now um, I know the high school has a full-time counselor, the middle school has a full-time counselor, as well as the uh, grade school. And so that's a huge resource for us, and it lifts some burden off you know, other people that are picking up that slack a little bit. That is something that's always been a, a huge need for us is some of those counseling, social-emotional um, supports for our kiddos that, you know, especially coming out of the last two years. And so um, all, any of those supports, it's been huge and critical for our success, you know, going into, into the last couple of years. Well, I found it interesting that there are some students that do best not coming to school and doing an, like an online class and then getting to school for other classes. And that's been, I think, a little bit of a new, it's not just alternative ed, it's, it's just hybrid ed. Do you both do that? We do have some of that. Um, I would say that this year it's been less. It was not a, a normal school year. This year feels a whole bit, lot more like a normal school year. And so um, what I'm finding is those students that may have, even if they had some success online, um, they came back in person this year and they are thriving, you know, in, in with their classmates. And so, um, yes, we do have those options, but um, I think for me at the middle school, what I'm seeing is kids are way more successful for the most part when they're here in, in the building. And at the high school? Uh, we serve in all areas. So we have uh, the Warrior Academy, which is an alternative school and students can go to the alternative school if they'd like. Uh, we have a, um, uh, an online school, which is a little more online, but a traditional track. Um, we have the high school, of course, and then we have uh, a myriad of hybrid options based off of that. So, for example, if I have a kid that, because of COVID, had, was missing a semester of English, a lot of times we'll use our online option so it doesn't mess up their entire schedule at school. Um, I've got some kids that uh, are um, ready to move on with their life and COVID uh, kind of slowed things down and they want the fastest way through that and sometimes that online option can be a viable option for them. We try to serve all of our students in every way that we can. I wanted to give a shout out to the, uh, the healthcare services around. Uh, we have had the opportunity over the last two years to have people in to do dental checks, hearing checks, eye checks, I also want to give a shout out to the college. Those offerings are a huge leg up for our kids and it's important to our kids. And I echo that um, and as well as just a, a thank you to the community. I think we have a, a huge amount of momentum and positive things going on here at Orange and Hammond School District and um, it could not be done without the, the community support, uh, countywide region support um, and that's just an amazing team. Uh, approach and it is really benefited our our students. So I like that. Thank you, Principal 
After Warrington Middle School, Joshua Jonix and high school principal Rod Hyen. Your passions for kids being able to learn comes through really clearly. This interview and past interviews are available on the Coast Radio webpage under podcast. You will find around our schools. Thank you, KMUN, for being the great people station you are. And thank you, Margaret, for making our interviews happen.